Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton, and I'm joined today by Associate Editor Ethan Epstein of the Weekly Standard, the man on the North Korea beat. Ethan, welcome. Thank you. So I was, um, I was fascinated and, uh, and appalled at the article you wrote at weeklystandard.com. Appalled by my article? Appalled, appalled that you would suggest that there might have been some sort of deficiency in the brilliance of the North Korea policy during the Obama years. Say it ain't so. Uh, I, well, I'm going to disgust you even more right now and actually build on that <laughs> I didn't point. say disgust yes, it. Just yes. a, appall, appall. I'll appall you then, yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I think, um, you know, there's this sort of way that we talk about the North Korea problem, which is sort of to shrug and say, like, well, there's nothing really that could have been done. You know, for 25 years, North Korea has been pursuing nuclear weapons, and eh, what's a guy to do about it? Right. Either it's it's full-blown combat with the North Koreans, or you just have to let them have their way. Exactly. Um and as I say in my piece, we almost discuss it as if it's some like meteorological phenomenon, like there's just absolutely nothing that we could do to affect it. However, I do think uh, there were many things that the Obama administration could have done and did not. And the evidence of that is that the Trump administration has done some of them. So the fact that they are now being done shows that there were things that could have been done in the past. It's kind of a simple logical point, but one that is appalling, I agree. Well, tell me about the Obama policy, uh, what was called strategic indifference? (laughs) (laughs) Strategic (laughs) apathy, non-strategic apathy. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the the ballyhooed title they gave it uh, was strategic patience. Oh, patience, because patience patience is a virtue. Usually works with, you know, petulant dictators, too, as Mm. we know. Uh, I guess appeasement wasn't uh, wasn't one they wanted. Strategic Strategic appeasement wasn't one they wanted to bring out. Uh, So the idea seemed to be that if we sat back that the North Koreans would eventually come to their senses and, uh, it you know, sort of come off the path of militarization, building missiles and weapons, and uh, didn't happen, uh, as you know. And now we have a president who talks tough, but has actually found a way to do something that may have a real effect short of war, yes, on North Korea's behavior. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think most of the actions that have been undertaken so far, and this was one of the points I was underlining in my piece, is that they were overdue actions. So, for example, banning all but uh, humanitarian and journalistic travel to North Korea, uh, levying sanctions on international businesses and banks that help facilitate North Korea's weapons program, and also rallying support at the United Nations to do things like ban textile exports out of North Korea. Now, I don't think that on uh, on their own these are going to be enough to either topple the regime or to coerce the regime to into disarming, but they are steps in the right direction, and they're things that it's it's kind of amazing when you think about it. like wait a second, we hadn't already sanctioned those businesses? That that seems kind of crazy, doesn't it? And and you have to ask also, after the tragedy of Otto Warmbier, yeah. there were still people who wanted to travel to North Korea? Yeah, I mean, there are thousands of Americans who had been going there each year. I think they were a combination of uh, misery tourists, Stalinist fellow travelers, and morons, uh, to, to quote the Secretary of State. And there is some overlap. There is the Venn diagram. There are some people <laughs> in the middle of all three right there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's true. Even after the, well, let's call it the murder of a college student in the United States by the regime there, uh, there was still 
significant amount of demand to go there. And um, I think uh, banning that activity was was really a no-brainer. And perhaps the, the most striking thing that Trump administration has achieved is getting Chinese banks to go along with the demand that there not be banking with North Korea. Yeah, so that would be a... Um, I mean, I hate to use the cliche, that could be a game changer, uh, of course, as as always with the Chinese measure, excuse me, Chinese measures against the North Koreans, it comes down to enforcement. Uh, but, you know, there's a way in which Trump, I think, has scared the Chinese in such a way that they are willing to uh, lay down the law in the way they haven't before. Is there anything that hasn't been done so far that is still within the realm of possibility to put added pressure on North Korea, again, short of military action? I think so. So I think a big one would be ramping up the oil embargo. Uh, I've said before that North Korea has basically no fossil fuels, so they're 100% reliant on imports of, of oil, uh, gas. Nuclear that, power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, another option would be... Um, uh, freezing Kim Jong-un's sizable assets overseas, which he uses to buy the loyalty of the elite and to fund the military. He's got something like $5 billion stashed overseas. That would be another move, too. But all of these things uh, you have to do kind of you, – you do a slow ramp up. So if this doesn't change the situation, then we have that, which we can possibly do. And I do think there's a decent chance that China is going to come around on some of this stuff. Now, the news of the day is this revelation that North Korean hackers mm. have gotten into South Korean military systems, accessing uh, vital war plans and other parts of North Korea policy from the U.S. and South Korea. Yes. It makes me wonder, does anybody know how to do espionage anymore in the U.S.? Which is, you, you could only hope, you could only hope that all of these plans are a false flag operation, you know, like World War II, where you had uh, a corpse with uh, planted with with plans right. for phony yeah, plans yeah, for yeah, D-Day yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, as a way to distract attention. Yeah, I wonder if, if they're in like size 72 font, like how we will invade North Korea. <laughs> uh, well, so I should, first of all, these are South Korean documents that were stolen, not yeah. American documents. Um, it, yes, it's worrying. I think the broader concern, though, is about the cyber warfare that's being committed against the United States and its allies, not just by the Russians, by the way, even though that's the media obsession of, I was going to say the moment, but of the decade and, in fact, of the epoch, uh, to, <laughs> it seems at this point. But, I mean, we had the Chinese stealing all of the OPM personnel data of every government worker, and I believe also of people who had at any point that worked for the government. That could be misused. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, North Korea, don't forget the Sony hack, which actually was successful in coercing an international corporation uh, to basically chicken out of uh, releasing a movie that the North Koreans happen to not like. Now there's the news Everybody's of this. Everybody's a critic. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I could think of other movies that I wish they had suppressed more <laughs> successfully. Uh, so I, the North Korea is clearly technologically sophisticated on many levels, and the cyber thing is is certainly worrying. Ethan Epstein, Associate Editor of The Weekly Standard, thanks for joining us on The Daily Standard Podcast. Thank you. Support for The Daily Standard Podcast comes from Away Travel, a company based on the principle that your luggage shouldn't cost more than your plane ticket. Away Travel uses high-quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to other brands by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. 
Choose from a variety of colors and four sizes. This is pretty straightforward. There's the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, and the large. My favorite feature, though, is the built-in backup battery that comes in both sizes of the carry-on. It lets you charge cell phones, tablets, e-readers, or anything else that's powered by a USB cord. Away travel bags come with a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll fix or replace it for you for life. The luggage also comes with a 100-day live trial. If at any point during the 100 days you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund, no questions asked. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com standard20 and use the promo code standard20 during checkout. That's it for today's Daily Standard podcast. I'm Eric Felton. Catch you next time.